Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And it's time for the Fox 4 Race Zone. I'm Sam Atwell. I'm Brian Dooley. And boy, we had another, this is our third, fourth race in a row where we've had a great finish. Today, the guys were Watkins Glen and your guy, Chase Kelly with the victory lane. Yeah, and this is great after you know the, the last the past month he's had. We were just talking last week how I mean the, Elliot he just had bad luck after bad luck, you know mechanical problems, and talk about a great comeback. I mean this is definitely gonna got to make that team feel good. And I mean it's a dominant win, not just a win, but a dominant win. I mean he led 80 of the 90 laps today. Yeah, we haven't seen a dominant win like this at the road course for a long, long time. And and he is now in rarefied air as far as a driver at a road course. He has now won back-to-back races at Watkins Glen, and he joins drivers such as Jeff Gordon, Mark Martin, Tony Stewart, Marcus Ambrose with back-to-back wins. That's a pretty cool place for that young man to be, being able to compete with names like those in the, in the Cup Series. Yeah, uh, it was just exciting to finally see, and, and it's a great win, you know, for Hendrick Motorsports too. That team's, you know, again we've talked about the struggles they've had, and um, just and it, yeah, exciting race. I mean, I I was right at one point, trucks might move him out of the way or something, but towards the end there, it seemed like Chase knew how to hit his marks and was able to keep trucks behind him and. Uh, get the win. He pretty much had the perfect race. Let's go ahead and take a look and see where your driver finished today in the Watkins Glen Gold Bowling 400. And first place, number nine, Chase Elliott, followed by Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, and Eric Jones. And rounding out the top five, Ryan Blaney in fifth. Matt D'Ambedendetto, great spot for him in sixth place. Kevin Harvick in seventh. Kyle Larson eighth. Brad Kozlowski, 9th, and Kurt Busch in 10th. Kyle Busch was 11th, Eric Almarola 12th, 13th with Chris Buescher, 14th Alex Bowman, 15th Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 16th Michael McDowell, 17th Daniel Suarez, 18th Paul Menard, 19th Jimmy Johnson, and 20th Clint Boyer. And 21st, William Byron, followed by David Reagan, Joey Logano, Matt Tift, and 25th, Ryan Newman, 26th, Parker Klingerman, 27th, Ross Chastain, followed by Bubba Wallace, Landon Castle, and then 30th, Ty Dillon. 31st was Austin Dillon, 32nd, Josh Balicki, 33rd, Cody Ware, 34th, Corey LeJoy, 35th, Daniel Hemrick, 36th, Ryan Priest, and rounding out the field, Reed Sorensen in 37th. Boy, it was there was some great racing there today. I, I'll tell you what, and there were some tempers flying too. There was there was yeah. some, some dust ups in in the in the uh, in the field today, a couple guys probably went home a little angry, and not at all that I'm shocked. But Kyle Busch is probably one of those guys. He and Bubba Wallace um, had a little uh, shoving match there uh, in the latter part, latter stages of the races, and apparently Bubba Wallace just got kind of fed up with Kyle Busch. Yeah, and I'll be curious now. I think he knocked him after the caution was put out, and then Kyle Busch earlier in this race, uh, kind of him and uh, William Byron wasn't happy with Kyle. 
But it looked like it, in the Byron situation, it looked like Kyle kind of brake checked him and uh, and uh, kind of they got together that way. But I'll be curious if any of these fly if the drivers kind of are easily able to calm down. They know it's just road course racing, or if this will come back because I mean. Before that incident with Bubba Wallace and Kyle Busch, Bubba, like, he got into, he spun out. And the thing is, road courses, you're not going as fast as you are at the oval tracks. And so when drivers spin out, hit, you know, the barrier walls, they're able to a lot of times recover and get back out racing because Bubba spun out and he looked like he hit uh, the tire wall they have there pretty good. But he was back out there racing and even after. Him and Kyle were bumping and banging, and he spun out Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch was able to continue. But, yeah, I mean, it's – I didn't hear anything afterward. Kyle's comments will be interesting to kind of see his response on that, I'm sure. I mean, we, we know Kyle is, but uh, pretty pretty big move on uh, Bubba's part. If you're going to move Kyle Busch, he, he's probably going to remember it. Yeah, he has pretty long memory. And and Bubba Wallace, okay, not – not in fear of losing anything. It wasn't going to cost him anything. And if Kyle Busch tries to retaliate, he may only hurt himself. But there was a little uh, shoving match between Ryan Blaney and Jimmy Johnson, too. And apparently Jimmy Johnson was pretty upset yeah. about Ryan Blaney uh, getting, getting into him. I, when I looked at it, I, don't, I didn't see Blaney get into him. I really didn't. I didn't see any contact. I just saw Johnson spinning out, hitting the tire wall, and damaging his car. But uh, he was pretty adamant on his uh, his on his radio traffic talking to a spotter about you go deliver a message to his spotter and Jimmy wasn't happy his his spotter just kind of said well yes sir he just kind of tried to kind of de-escalate the situation there but Jimmy was not happy and then Jimmy was having somewhat of a good day early on too so it's probably you know this is not we've said it all season long it's not been a great season for him last year wasn't great for him um he's just barely hanging on there in the chase and, you know, new crew chief, first race with the new crew chief after just getting a new crew chief this year. Um, so he's probably – stress is probably catching up on him. It may be. And we'll talk a little bit more about Johnson and the changes to his team a little bit later. But I want to talk about the the the, the beating and banging that happened between Chase Elliott and, and the Martin Trex on, on the restart with about 20 – I think there was 21 laps to go. Uh they come. They come to the caution, and the restart. They were pretty much even coming off of the line, stayed side by side, going into the first turn. They were, man, they were slams. They were side slamming each other and just trying to get the lead. And uh, Chase finally was able to take advantage. And then we heard on his on his radio, "I think I have a tire going down." And you're just like, "Oh no, not they're not going to get bit by the bad you know bad luck again." But obviously. Um, things were okay, and he was able to hang on. But, man, Martin Truex Jr. and he were battling out again, just like they did last year at this track. And it was some pretty good racing, and they were both stayed pretty clean. Nobody really – they didn't take each other out. Um, but Chase was a little bit unhappy with Truex uh, after the race. Yeah, and that's just – I mean, to me, it's like driver – I mean, getting upset with that, that's what fans want to see. Um, I was worried – because a lot of times when they beat and bang like that, it can cause you know tire rub and things like that. And when Chase was talking about possibly a tire going down, I was thinking like you were saying like, great, this is just this is no, but this what happened to <laughs> Chase. But it didn't. He kept you know making his marks and and then he kept Truex back. But yeah, I I was worried that I mean Truex wasn't 
you know, he's the kind of driver that if he gets to you and there's two one lap left, he's gonna move you. And much like a lot of drivers, in the in, on the last lap, some drivers are gonna do that. And I'll never. That's how Tony Stewart got his last win. You know, moving yes. to Denny Hamlin. <laughs> yes, he did. And road courses. It's there's something. It's it's fun to kind of watch the road course. Um, but yeah, Watkins Glen is definitely. I got to say, one of my top. Tra- I mean, I used to not be too big on road course racing, but after today's race, I mean, it was a fun race. It's a great race. Part of it. I mean, would I say the same thing if Kyle Busch led eighty at ninety laps and won? Probably not. But. <laughs> Uh, After all, we are fans. Yeah. First and foremost, we're fans. So <laughs> I am being by that. You know, if Chase didn't win and it was another driver winning, I would probably say it was. But even with Chase dominating, you know, with the incident, you know, the things we've been talking about, Bubba Wallace, Kyle Busch, the beat and bang with Truex and Chase, I mean, they were still that, and that's what fans want to see. And uh, we've been consistent on seeing that. Um so far in the summer races. Yeah, the the last few races have just been excellent. They really, really have, and today did not disappoint. Chase Elliott, the winner of the uh, Go Bowling race at Watkins Glen, met with the media afterwards, and I thought it was interesting. He was asked a question about Martin Truex Jr. on that last restart, and Chase was talking about how hard it was to pass, and I'm thinking, wow, how many did he pass anybody today? Because he was always, in the, I guess he did. Because he only he only led eighty out of ninety laps, so he had to pass somebody. Lap cars. But he talked about that, and he talked about the battle with Truex. Let's go ahead and hear from your winner, Chase Elliott. Definitely tough. I mean, it, it was doable. Uh, the guy in front, you know, just had to. You had to get close, and then the guy in front had to have a little bit of a bobble um, at the right time. I mean, you you could bobble, um, but you just couldn't do it at the wrong at the wrong spot. You know, so I just tried really hard to. Tried really hard not to make any mistakes and not give it to him. You know, I felt like he was a little better. If he was going to beat me, I wanted him to come up there and, and outbreak me and, and pass me. You know, I wanted to make it as hard as I could on him and just not hand it to him was, was my goal. Pretty good pretty good uh, battle for them. Chase came out on the winning end of that, went to victory lane, ran out of gas, couldn't do his burnout, couldn't celebrate. It did like half a burnout or I don't know. You can count like part of it. But – I think that was the only mistake he made all weekend long was running out of gas post-race. Well, then the last time, I think when he won at Kansas, or no, he didn't win at Kansas. Uh, something, pay, maybe tell a day, he got his car stuck in the mud after the race. He has not had some. He has not had good luck in post-race celebrations. And he was asked in the post-race press conference, and he talks about this was pretty much the perfect weekend for the number nine team. Yeah, I mean, we've never, uh, we've never done you know, this as a team, this was the first time we ever gone somewhere and sat on the pole and, and, uh, led the most laps and won the race. I, I've never, uh, I've never done that in my career. And I'm sure Alan has, you know, at, at some point, but as a group, we've, we've never done that. So I, I just feel like, um, that to me is, is I feel like the biggest piece of the whole weekend is just knowing that, you know, we're the type of team and, and the caliber of team that can go and put on those kind of performances, and those are the kind of performances you have to put on to compete with those guys that that uh, win often. Yeah, I'll say the perfect weekend, man. They they just – and the, the road course races are different, and I know everybody knows this, so I'm stating the obvious, but the pit – when you pit on a road course, it's backwards because in a normal – in an oval track, the driver pits, and he is next to the pit wall. On a road course, you pit, and the driver is away from pit wall, so 
everything is backwards to the pit crew, and sometimes that can lead to mistakes on pit road. But this number nine team, to coin a phrase, was hitting on all cylinders everywhere, in pit road, on the track, in qualifying. Everything they did this week was golden. And I know this is just, you know, a second one here, but I almost, I mean, it just reminds me of how Harvick was dominant in Phoenix, you know, years ago. This, I think, I mean, this is, of course, the track he got his first cup win last year, but just the, the dominance he had on being able to hit. I mean, there's the battle with Truex, but once he was able, I mean, he was able to stay focused and just really keep Truex back and just, I mean, the race just flew by. And, man, I can't believe 80 out of 90 laps. And he just he turned perfect lap after perfect lap. He just he, he was like a machine out there today, much like the guy who he actually replaced at Hendrick Motorsports. He's now driving the number nine, but if you remember right, Chase Elliott replaced four-time champ Jeff Gordon at Hendrick Motorsports. And Jeff Gordon was a pretty good road racer himself. He leads all, all drivers with nine road course wins. But uh, this young man, Chase Elliott, He's already got two wins, so uh, he's a pretty good little road racer, and I think we're going to see more of those wins What's his dad from him. I, you know what? I don't remember off the top of my head if Bill Elliott was close. Year, if, if I remember right, Bill Elliott got his first win at a road course. He may have. I, I don't remember how good of a road course racer he was. But, uh, again, like I said, he, Chase is now winning two road courses back-to-back. He's is in some pretty rare company. And uh, I think we're only going to see him – should I say get better at road course racing? You know, we we have, well, I guess now we have three in the series if you count the Roval in Charlotte where they're going to be uh, later in this in in the playoffs. We'll see how that goes. But uh, Watkins Glen seems to be like you said earlier. It seems to be his Phoenix where he has dominated two races in a row, and I I really don't see that letting up in the future. Let's go ahead and take a look through the standings here and see some other guys who had a pretty good win. Denny Hamlin had a really good race, but. He finished so far back. He, I think he was like 10, 10 seconds behind the front two when the race was over. He, they, he was not going to catch anybody. And Denny Hamlin's turned into a pretty good little road racer. This, this kid, this number 90 in the number 95, Matt DiBenedetto, I think we're starting to see the, uh, the uh, emergence of a rising star in the Cup Series. This kid is, is proving himself that he's here to race and he's here to run in the top five. And it may not be long before this young man makes it to victory lane. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've talked before, and definitely someone who hasn't been. I mean, he definitely is one of the rising stars um, this year. We've you know mentioned him in and out. Um, he's had some great finishes this year, and yeah, t- today was a great run, and he was very emotional after the race, uh, having a top ten in a road course. A lot of great cup drivers never were really good at road course racing. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is one of those. He just hated road course racing. But uh, great run from, from Matt, Matty D, as they call him on TV, because they don't want to pronounce De Benedetto every time, because it's a, it's a little tricky one. Kevin Harvick finished seventh. That was a good run for that team. Kyle Larson again, and then the top ten, not in victory lane. but uh, Joe Gibbs dominated in the top five. Is, is that getting old? Is that getting old? After Week after week, we talk about the domination of Joe Gibbs Racing, and, and they didn't win today, but, man, Truex ran well. Hamlin ran well. Kyle Busch surprisingly ran pretty well. His car looked like he is driving on a short track, really. His car was so beat up and banged up, I thought maybe he'd brought that car from Martinsville, and they hadn't fixed it. But he, he finished a respectable 11th in a car that is pretty much junk. 
Yeah, fin- I mean, we- fin- finished just behind his his. Let's see. Yeah, he finished behind his brother. Um, but Penske Keselowski had a top ten finish. So the domination continues by a couple teams. It really does. Uh, the only real fly in the ointment for those two teams to to wreck their winning ways is is been Chase Elliott. Yeah, or even I think Kevin Harvick and Kurt Busch have been you know other strong ones too this year. Of course, both have wins. But yeah, Joe, and I think it's just it's like Hendrick Motorsports for years was a dominant team. Uh, I think it's just we're in the kind of Joe Gibbs era and it just needs to push other teams to really work on their stuff and figure it out and then they could be you know the dominant team and you know what is and we'll go ahead and get into this now because we're talking about dominant teams and 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 years and years it was it was Hendrick Motorsports it was Childress Racing what has happened to Richard Childress Racing where are they at I mean Austin Dillon and Ty Dillon today were finished uh, in the 30s, I think. Ty Dillon was 30th, Austin Dillon 31st. Yeah, what has happened to Richard Childress Racing? They used to be a dominant team, and they just they just aren't anymore. No, the, the you know after the loss of Dillon Art and then Kevin Harvick, who of course championship driver, which was the year after he left there, I think. I don't think I, he was treated as well there. I think he was constantly falling in the shadow of Dale Earnhardt. He came – I mean, who would want to – seriously, Kevin Harvick, when he took over, it was – he never took over the three. The, the next week, the, the next race after Dale Earnhardt died, he was in the 29 Goodrich Chevrolet. What pressure there was on that kid – and, I mean, he was just a kid then – to come in and take the seat of a legend in a tragedy – and he was under so much pressure. He was compared a lot to there was a there was there were a lot of working parts to that that I think Kevin never really got a hundred percent comfortable at, at uh, Childress Racing. And I think it got worse once the Dillon brothers kind of got older and were in that. I think I mean there was drama with that with him and Austin and Ty and Richard Childress. And I think Kevin made a good move moving out. But once he got out, I mean. Newman did make the – he was with Richard Chargers, I think, by 2014 and was able to get in on points and, and battled for, and almost got a championship for them. But And Austin, he's won, you know, a couple of races, but he hasn't, I don't think, been sort of the uh, – he you know, that consistent driver back-to-back. He has some good – he does well at the restrictor plate tracks. Um, but besides that, I just – yeah, and then, then you know they're Daniel Hemrick. You know they have a rookie driver who's figuring things out. So they lost Ryan Newman, and they just don't have the. It's it's kind of like Roush racing. They're almost following the same path as Roush. If 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 Richard Childress, if if okay, this is this <laughs> this is going to be kind of a probably make some people mad when I ask this question, but if. Richard Childress were not the grandfather of the Dillons, would they be at a top tier team like Childress Racing? Uh, uh no. Which Ty is on, he's on uh, Yeah, he's he's not he's not with Richard Childress Racing. But um, Austin, no. And and I don't know if they would have brought 
Richard would have brought the three back. I mean, they they don't really retire numbers. A lot of people no. have said they should have retired the three, but they don't. If you look at it, they've not. They've never really retired numbers in NASCAR, even after the death of Adam Petty. You know, Kyle Petty went on to drive the 45 car. Um, the three went away for quite a few years. Bubba Wallace is in the 43 car, which is such an and it's still I think that number and like the number three and probably the number 24. You're always going to associate certain numbers with drivers. I don't. Austin Dillon will never accomplish in the three what Dale Earnhardt accomplished. But I don't know if he wasn't the grandson. I mean, we he wouldn't be on a team like Richard Childress, and he wouldn't be in the three car. Um, if that was any other driver, I think Richard Childress would have still kind of not brought the three back. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I really do. And and it's really it's really sad to see that team just kind of just kind of sink into a second tier level of a team. Um, and like you said, Gibbs Racing has stepped up, and they are now the premier team. Penske is the premier team now. Hendrick, I think, you never really slipped into a second tier situation. But Mr. Hendrick is really amazing at spotting talent. He has great guys who spot talent, and it was great to sign Chase Elliott. And I think William Byron is going to be a winning driver in this series for Hendrick Motorsports. So I, I don't know if they will ever slip into the second tier like we've seen Roush and some other teams. But uh, it's interesting to see how it goes over the years through, through NASCAR racing, the Cup Series in particular, how certain teams seem to dominate for a certain period of time, and then all of a sudden they just go away. Yeah. I mean, what was, you know, Del Jarrett, you know, Robert Yates, you know, that team's gone now. Um, DEI, I mean. DEI, well, there was nobody really, I don't know if anybody really ever know, will know the true story of what happened with DEI and why the Earnhardt name is no longer anywhere around I got the NASCAR Cup Series. Yeah, I, I think you have some opinions on that. Well, I got just Teresa Earnhardt. That's two words. <laughs> I think that's all you got to say, and I think I think there's some racing fans that would agree with you. Let's take a quick look at the points. Not much changed, really. Kyle Busch is still your leader by about 30. Yeah, my math is not quick, but he's got a pretty good lead on Joy Logano in second. Kevin Harvick's third. Let's take a look at the bottom where things, well... Jimmy Johnson is in 16th, so he uh, he moved up a couple spots. He got some stage points today. I think that helped out, and I think he looked like he was on track, and that's probably adding to frustrations, even if it wasn't. If Ryan Blaney didn't do anything totally wrong, I think. Johnson's just looking for that good consistency. He is tied with Ryan Newman, who's in 17th, and just 20 points back is Daniel Suarez in the, four, the 41 car. Clint Boyer is in 15th. Boy, that guy, But if there's somebody who needs, besides Kyle Larson, if there's somebody who needs to catch a break, it's it's Clint Boyer in the 14 team. That that guy has just, you know, he started out the season running pretty well and just couldn't get out of his own way, and he caught, there were problems and wrecks and crashes. and He was in the top five today for a bit, I saw. I don't know exactly what happened as the race went on. And, I mean, early on, I know, I mean, Kansas, he ran well. We were kind of talking about him in certain races that he was at least like in the top ten, but lately he hasn't really been showing up. Yeah, a twentieth place finish today after he was in the top five, but I think there were some mechanical issues with the car 
that caused them to drop back. But that guy needs a break. I, I want to see him in. I want to see him in the playoffs. I really do, because for a couple reasons. One, I, he, obviously he's a talented race car driver, and two, I think we need his personality around. And when it gets to the playoffs, if you're not in the playoffs, you pretty much are are, are ignored by the media. They they focus on the 16, and then the 12, and then the eight, and then the four. So I really want Clint Boyer around for his personality. Yeah, and I think from the more consistency he's had this season, I'd rather have him in the chase than Jimmy Johnson. You know, I hate it for Jimmy Johnson, but he has just not been a driver we've seen have you know be in the top ten every week. Clint Boyer's had some good finishes this year. Johnson, and this is hard for me to say because I've always been kind of a fan of Jimmy Johnson. I, I like him. And I think he's a good human, but. Johnson, in my in my opinion, really doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs at this point. They just haven't shown the consistency. They haven't shown they haven't shown they haven't shown like the passion to be in the playoffs. They really haven't. I think it's a little too late from you know the crew chief changes they made. That should have been done. They should have caught on that maybe back in the beginning of June or so and start working out something there. Cliff Daniels is the new crew chief for uh, Jimmy Johnson. He replaced Kevin Mendeering, who uh, came on to replace Chad Knauss, who'd been Johnson's crew chief for his whole career, all of his seven championships and all of his wins. Cliff Daniels was a race engineer on the 48 team back in the day and moved to a different uh, position in Hendrick Racing and, in, in, I believe, in racing development and was not on the road, was not around the 48 team all the time, but came back. Cliff Daniels came back to be a race engineer in Sonoma this year. And I read earlier this week that Jimmy Johnson really felt a change in the team when Cliff Daniels came back. He felt a change in the attitude, felt a change in the positivity in the team, and he really appreciated having Cliff Daniels back. And lo and behold, Cliff Daniels is now his crew chief. So I I don't think today can be a judge on how that change worked. Yeah, road courses, I mean, it's just... It's one of those things that's it's almost like a super speedway. Totally different, but it doesn't compare to the mile-and-a-half oval, oval tracks. I mean, I think next week at Michigan we'll get definitely more of an idea of how Jimmy Johnson, you know, this whole change is going to help him out or how it's going to affect him. Yeah. I, we have four races to go to get into the playoffs. And speaking of, you know, we were talking about Clint Boyer. He did uh, – he does have a. He did win last year at Michigan, so we're going to track. He got a win at last year, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, we talked about uh, the last couple of weeks about the R word and Jimmy Johnson. Um, and I'm speaking of the word retirement, and this week he uh, he someone he was uh, interviewed by uh, a reporter, and they talked about that very thing. Jimmy Johnson's contract is up at the end of the 2020 season, so he's got one more year on his contract. And uh, I thought his quote was interesting. Um, coming off an 80-race drought, no wins in 80 races. That's just so weird to hear about Jimmy Johnson. 80 races. And here's what he had to say about his contract expiring in 2020. I'm here. This is Jimmy Johnson now. I'm here through next season, and that's when my contracts will run out. I've got to make a decision at that point if I want to continue on. Wow. I, that To me, that's a pretty telling statement. Yeah. I think if, if we don't see any change, you know, I think if he starts winning again, I mean, it's hard to say even because Gordon had a drought for a bit, and I think it's sort of, I mean, it wasn't as bad the last 
few years, I don't feel like. Um, but I think if there's a chance of Johnson, Phil, if he can start, if he can get some wins again, and there's a chance that maybe he's, you know, could be a competitor, not just in the chase, but in the final four, and still get a shot at the eighth one. But I think by 2020, listening to that quote, I think if things are sort of, I, I mean, I'm hoping to see a few more wins out of him. Um, but I, I don't think we'll, we're going to see an A championship out of him. I hope that there's still a drive and, you know, and things get better. But even if he does win a race or two, I mean, it's all Gordon, I think, kind of started the, you know, retiring. You know, you know don't wait till the you're forced out. Exactly. Exactly. And, and if you remember right, Jeff Gordon – one okay, he won his championships in 95, 97, 98. Then changed crew chiefs. Ray Evernham left, and his new crew chief was Robbie Loomis. They won a championship in 2001, and then he changed crew chiefs again to Steve Letarte. And then they changed crew chiefs again, and Steve Letarte went to be the crew chief for Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Alan Gustafson, who is the current crew chief for Chase Elliott, came in and got the last win in Gordon's career at Martinsville, and what a great race that was, man. Yeah. That, was, that was amazing. But we're, I was thinking about that this afternoon. We're seeing some parallels between their two careers here towards the end. Jimmy Johnson's 44, and he's got, he doesn't have to prove anything to anybody in the, Cup, in the NASCAR Cup Series. This guy is a first ballot, first, first ballot Hall of Famer, seven-time champion. I know it would be great to get the eighth championship, but it's still kind of cool to only tie at seven and nobody break that because yeah, I, obviously Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt are the other seven-time champions, and Jimmy Johnson. He's 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 a legend in this sport. He's got 83 career wins, seven championships. He's got nothing to prove to anybody. Three Daytona 500. Three day, yeah, three Daytona 500. He's won everywhere. He's got nothing left to prove. So if 2020 is the end, he's had a whale of a career. Yeah. It's, you know, I still am always sketchy on what happened to Carl Edwards, but he, Carl Edwards claims that he, you know, was happy and is, you know, he was healthy and he was able to walk away from the sport. And, you know, Junior was quite, kind of forced out. I mean, he still kind of left on his own terms, but, you know, he missed half of the season the year before he retired because of concussion and things like that. He left because he didn't want things to get worse. Uh, I think he opted for long-term life, longevity, and a quality of life because the, the, last, the last battle of, of the concussions he had was severe, very severe. He could have been affected for the balance of his life. And he recovered and came back, decided to, uh, to call it a wrap on his career, and he didn't win any championships like everybody thought he would. I think he believes, and I think we've talked about this before, he wasted a lot of years at DEI um, not taking it seriously, and not. And I think part of that had to do with the loss of his dad. I mean, there's a lot of factors in that. But he said he really didn't start appreciating and understanding what it was to be a, a championship race car driver until he started driving for Hendrick Motorsports, and he was around champions. And I think after, you know, he, he, the, you know his father past he didn't really have any father you know anyone to really help coach him at dei 
And at Hendrick Motorsports, I mean, he's mentioned that, you know, Rick Hendrick kind of became that father figure, that coach. And for, you know, Rick Hendrick, you know, he lost his son in a tragic incident. Oh, too. yeah. So they really, I think, had a strong bond, and that helped him out. Yeah, and and he did a – Junior did a great job for, for Hendrick Motorsports. He really did. And it was it was great that, that he was there, I think. It was a it was a great storyline, and, and – uh, and Jimmy Johnson, if he does retire, I look for him to be, you know, just like Junior and Gordon. I he's, I look for um, even him and Chad Knauss, um They're either Fox Sports or NBC Sports, that so they're going to do something. They're not going to go away. Yeah. They will be around this sport for a long time to come. Now, here's the question, and just this is a totally hypothetical question. If Jimmy Johnson does call it a career at the end of 2020 – who in the world is going to go in, go into the seat of that 48 car? I think that's something like next year you keep an eye out in the Xfinity series. Um, definitely look at drivers in uh, junior motorsports who's racing there at the time. If you know, I I remember my uncle and I talking about like we knew Chase Elliott was being groomed. We, at that time, Gordon had announced his retirement yet, but we were like, they're they want him. And then William Byron, Kyle Busch found him and had him in his truck series. But then... Uh, there was no place for him to go. Yeah. Junior was able to then get him you know, on his team, just like Elliott. And I, at that point, I was like, oh, he's, he's going to be coming up there soon, too. And uh, Bowman, I think, was someone... I, I think it, it made sense when it was officially announced, but when he was the substitute driver, when Junior was out for health reasons, I think that was kind of a shock. So... Um, I haven't got a chance to look, to watch too many Xfinity races this year, but I think you got to look at some drivers there, um, and maybe even I, it's hard to say at this point. On I know that there are people at Hendrick Motorsports that are already looking. Jeff Gordon found Jimmy Johnson, Junior, and Kyle Busch, who was a former Hendrick driver, found Byron. I think Jeff Gordon, I think Jimmy Johnson is probably looking for someone to fill that seat if, if he's ready to give it up. I mean, this is, again, this is all hypothetical, but what, what a change this, it would be in this sport when the 48 car is no longer Jimmy Johnson. Wow, that's just like the, that's just, that's just like yeah. the 24 no longer Jeff Gordon or the, you know. I think for me, I mean, already the, the sport's changed so much since I started watching it in the early 2000s, but... The first, I got into it in 2001, which sadly was the year Dale Earnhardt passed, but that was the first year the Kansas Speedway opened, and it was just the first year I was I was old enough at that time, I was 11, and I was able to, I really paid attention, watched the race, the old season, every week, and learned the sport, was really interested in it. Gordon got his championship that year, his fourth one, and then I remember that, I mean, Jimmy Johnson leaves. I'll be the first time that I've watched him from the beginning, and my brother, um, he was an Ernie Irvin fan at first, and he switched to Jeff Gordon. But then, as we got into the sport, he was kind of like, you know, I want to start with someone fresh, you know, because already when we got into it, Jeff Gordon was a three-time champion, and my brother, we had learned about Jimmy Johnson. My aunt and uncle actually went down to Charlotte for their 25th anniversary, and showed us all the photos, and they showed us a new building being built. For Hendrick Motorsports, and it was for this guy Jimmy Johnson. And I remember <laughs> the first we got to go watch the practice and qualifying the first year in 01, and Johnson wrecked in the Bush Series practice. And I remember like 
wow, this guy is Jordan Hendricks, great. <laughs> and my brother was just, he was just like, I'm, I'm going to go with that guy. I don't care. I'm going to go. And then he got the pole, his rookie season for the Daytona 500, which a lot of rookies have done. But, I mean, to see what he's done in his career. There was something special about him. Yeah, and my brother, he, he likes to brag that, you know, I didn't choose him after he was a champion. I chose him before his rookie season. I've told many people the story about how I found Jeff Gordon. Um, I was a fan of NASCAR racing before Jeff Gordon ever came on the scene, and I found him on an ESPN race broadcast called Thursday Night Thunder where he was racing open-wheel dirt cars. And uh, I started following him then and just kind of followed him along. And I really thought Jeff Gordon was going to be an open-wheel racer in, in the Indy – well, I don't know what it would have been called back then. It's now the Indy Racing League. But I really thought that's where he would go. But uh, he went to the Buck Baker Racing School and decided he liked to drive a stock car. And the rest, as we as we say, is history. And that's I mean, Chase Elliott, I was you know watching his career – really in the Xfinity series, and before I knew Gordon was retiring or I knew Chase was going to replace Gordon, again, when my uncle and I were talking, and I, I watched them race, and I was like, I liked the way he talked afterward. You know, he seemed very mature for his age, and I was like, I think this kid, I don't know if he'll be a Jimmy Johnson or, you know, he might not be a championship driver like, you know, Junior ended up being, but I think this guy's going to get some wins, and he's going to be a top driver, and... I was like, whenever it does happen, I'm going to go with that guy. And, I, and even when he switched from the 24th to the 9, I'm like, I'm still sticking with this guy. So, um, yeah, not it, regretted it. I good mean, choice. You have bad in NASCAR, your driver's going to have bad spells. That's just the way the sport <laughs> is. I mean, there's over 30 other drivers racing. It's not like football or basketball is not a 50 50 chance. You, de- you, you uh, compete against every team every week. So there are good weeks and there are bad weeks. And this week was a good week for the nine car. Next week, we're on our way to Michigan. And then three more races and the playoffs. Uh, I just, that's so, I can't believe we're already like, I'm looking at Darlington in a couple weeks, Labor Day weekend. Which yep. Junior's racing and the Xfinity racing that one. But Michigan, wide open spaces, high speeds. Not a whole lot of cautions. What driver is going to excel there? Well, my pick, I picked Logano to win this week, and he wasn't anywhere close. He <laughs> did get the win there earlier this year. I'm not going to go with him. Um, oh man, it's a tough one. Because, I mean, usually, I mean, when I look back at the last few races, you kind of see kind of uh, a trend. Yeah, and this one, I mean, Logano this year, last year you had Kevin Harvick, Clint Boyer, Larson dominated in 2017, um, has a win there in 2016. So Larson's looking the best. Logano also has a win there in 16. God, like even though it was just back in June, I'm trying to remember. It seems so long ago already. <laughs> I'm trying to remember that Michigan race. Um, I mean, Logano definitely was great there. Um, I'm going to go with the 48 team. I think the team has something to prove. I think the new crew chief. He this, this is a this is basically a super speedway. It really he, is. If he wins, you know, whenever Jimmy Johnson and I, I, I think instead of saying if he wins, I want to say I think he will at least get you know another win. Again, he could still be here after twenty twenty, but it's going to be so big when he gets that win. Like I, I could see it's going to be almost like when Earnhardt won the Daytona 500, I think other drivers are going to 
I, I mean, they know how big of a deal this is. And, I mean, gosh, since June of 2017. Yep. So Next week, here week, according to me. Man, this is tough on you. I know, because I picked. I wish I would have picked Chase last week. Go ahead. Go with your boy. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I'll go with Chase Elliott. He's, I think he's run well at Michigan. He's been close. Not gotten the win there yet, but he's been close. Um, I would like to go with Kyle Larson, but I don't know if that team. I've, I've shown a lot of love to Kyle Larson this year, and he's let me down every, every week. So um, they're going to have to step it up a little bit. They're going to have to step it up just like, again, a lot of teams. We're running out of time to make it to the playoffs. My pick next week, Jimmy Johnson. You're going with Chase Elliott. Maybe it'll be a Hendrick 1-2, and my guy will win, and yours will be second. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But whatever happens next week in Michigan, Brian and I will be here to wrap it all up with all the updates and all the action and counting down to the playoffs for the race zone. I'm Sam Atwell. I'm Brian Dooley. Everybody have a great week.